Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Season 2 of the Pat and JT Podcast. Oh my, now I'm here at last. The best time always gonna be the best. Come on. Exclusively on the Herd App Media Network. Yeah, and here we are. Day three, no, one, two, yeah, day three, three of No Pat. This is No Pat and JT. <laughs> and, but it is No Pat and JT with John and Sasha. So John Carroll's in the studio. It's me. Finally. I know. Back. I know. Sasha, still with us. Yes. Right? She's taking care of all the details. Um, and so is this is your first time with a John Carroll experience? Yes. Yes, yes, it's it is. true. Okay. Yes, we we yeah. we actually try to kind of get things going again, and then just life and I know all that stuff. We'll so get it going again because we will. John, John Carroll experience started in two thousand three, two thousand two. <sighs> I think it was two thousand two, but it might have been two thousand three. Um, <laughs> no, it was two thousand and two because I came in for the very first time right about the time the show was ending. And we're talking about the show. Survivor. Survivor. Cue Three. the music. Oh, wait. <laughs> we didn't prep. Okay. We could Sur- do that in post-production. <laughs> right? We'll get that in post. No problem. Um, that was Survivor. Four. Four? Mm-hmm. I always yes. thought it was three. Marquesas. Yeah. Marquesas. Okay. Yep. And season 40 was the last season to air before COVID. And then season 41 and 42 right. have been delayed until sometime in 2021. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So are they doing, they, what, they do two a year? Two a year. And okay. they generally film them back to back. March oh, and June okay. is okay. most of the time they do it. And they've been filming in Fiji for a number of years now, um, you know, as less viewers and consolidating costs yeah. and all that. So it used to be Survivor was going to a new location and you'd learn about that location. But, mm-hmm. you know, over 20 years now, it's just about the game and the show. Right. And so for production wise, they've got a great deal with Fiji. And, and so they just do themes versus Survivor Africa or Survivor oh, can Amazon. You imagine, though, the money that they spent on location. Oh, yeah. But it was really cool, though. When it was they, very cool. They would go to different places. Like we were supposed cool. to go to Jordan and remember 9-11 happened. Oh, yeah. And so they had to scramble for oh, a new location. And that's when they did Back to the Beach because <laughs> Africa was a disaster pathologically (laughs) because they all got really sick with weird parasites for a very long time after the show. What kind of releases do y'all have to sign for that? Oh, basically you can die and you can't. Yeah. Like (laughs) my family can't sue. Yeah. Nobody can sue. And it's, and also they'll send a press release. It's your fault. On top of Yes. So not only have they absolved themselves of any liability, you sign a waiver. I think, allegedly that you will accept all blame. This is all my fault. Yeah. And the way I played, I got, you know, I'm, I'm, if there's an accident that's going to happen to somebody, <laughs> that's for I'm sure. the guy that it will happen to. I have so many gross, weird, <laughs> awful accidents what that happen. Your, what is your strangest injury um, was, of uh, all time? Oh, I, well, I can't do all time because there are just so many bad ones. <laughs> um, but the most gruesome one that I just had recently in the on the farm in the last like I'm gonna say about within the last year or so um 
And I don't know if you can actually see it, but so I was getting ready to um, go to the truck mm-hmm. and I didn't have my keys. So Chad, and I, I've got this from my dad. I think I actually have them here. I have the infamous wad of keys that weigh probably about three pounds that have keys that I have no idea what they belong to you anymore. Know, I have one of those and yeah. I finally took it off my fob yep. for my car, right? Yes. For my vehicle. And I put a little clippy clasp. Uh-huh. And so it, it connects to whatever bag I'm carrying. So right. the keys are always with me. Right. But not hanging right. off like, my, yes. my ignition. This is my dad's fault. Like this, this wad, like that. And I, this wad of keys. I just went through my keys the other day too and I know what two of them are for and they're for the office that we used to have in your office. <laughs> right. And, and we never used it in a year and a half. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe I could assign <laughs> something to most of these, but then I have another like spare wad of keys <laughs> because I don't know what they belong oh, to and I also like too afraid to throw them away. <laughs> for fear I might have to unlock something one day. Um, So Chad went to throw me the wad of keys. So Mm -hmm. I went to grab, it must have been actually with my, I can't remember which hand, but I just reached up Mm -hmm. with my hands to grab them. Mm -hmm. One of these keys perfectly turned into a javelin (laughs) and went between my fingers. (laughs) That nice little webbing. And impaled about a half inch through the webbing, and was just basically dangling there. Were and you then in I shock had to immediately. <laughs> like- well, first it didn't hurt right then, and then about three seconds later, it was like F asterisk <laughs> apostrophe knees. like mm-hmm. all the way down my arm into my elbow. <sighs> I mean, I was like. They do say that screaming and using cuss words does relieve the pain. Oh, there was a lot of screaming and a lot of cuss words. Like, and all I could do really was I just grabbed my wrist, whatever for whatever reason, like Turnicate. squeezing it. Like I basically, like, because it hurts so bad. You want the blood to stop pumping? Yeah. <laughs> like, and like I looked down and there was like fat globules, oh, like hanging out of my finger. Oh my god! And like things that you're not supposed to see from the yeah. outside right. or like in the in hole. The- so I ended up, um, I ended up having to go to urgent care because mm-hmm. I can't remember like right away, but then I think like the next day it was infected of and course. swollen. So I ended up having to go to, so that little of toss course, of keys cost like $230. Yeah, of course. And the nurse waits a day to go in to get it fixed. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just like, and then like trying to explain to them how yeah. this happened. Just but in my mind, I'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. I could, it was like a slow motion yeah. watching the keys hurtle through the air. Cause it was like through them like 20 feet away 25 feet away kind of like an underhand softball throw high you know and then of course i had to blame him like you threw them too high up it was like (laughs) the force of gravity (laughs) it's all your fault oh my god you could have walked over here but so but but, okay broken bones lately or anything like that no uh no no broken bones but i'd like to show you my newly acquired scar yes i see that on on there it's like crescent shape on his knuckle right on my knuckle Um, and also there's like a nice one over here on my pinky and one over here on my middle finger. Were you and, juggling knives? Right. Uh, <laughs> close, close, Sasha, very close. What happened is, um, so our neighbor, uh, Dave, who like almost single-handedly helped put our farm back together after the flood of 2019, mm-hmm. he passed away a few months ago from melanoma mm. and he's my godfather. Mm-hmm. And, um, I converted to Catholicism in 2015 and him and Pat, um, who's my godmother, um, were my sponsors at nice. sacred heart. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, um, 
as he was in hospice, his son from Minnesota, Mark, was in town. And part of like how he was dealing with his grief is he's really almost like a master knife sharpener. And he's got all of these fancy tools. You weren't far off. You were pretty close, Sasha. Here, Oh, here comes the rest. And not just the dull ones. No. Right? So Mark, like... Turn these into like miniature guillotines. Oh my god! And or it's guillotine or guillotine? I think guillotine, right? Guillotine. guillotine. I hear right? more people say guillotine. No, it sounds yeah. weird. And, and the reason like why Gilligan, I, and it's not like something I expected to hear in 2020. Yeah, but you may remember some of the the the, the parties, the street parties. Uh-huh. They were rolling a, a guillotine down the street. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and news reporters were calling them guillotines. No, it's guillotine, right? It's yeah. guillotine. Yeah, that's what I thought, guillotine. They're not being fancy. Yeah. It's guillotine. <laughs> off, okay. off with their heads. Yes. And so uh, so he sharpens up all these knives. Well, I didn't realize how incredibly dull, like, and how much force I must have been using to cut tomatoes and everything else. <laughs> oh, like, no. I didn't realize it was, like, an aerobic workout for me to actually, like, cook. All of a sudden, I get these, like, CIA knives yeah. that, like, shows up. So what happens right away, I'm like chop, like I'm already like bleeding. I'm like, I'll just <laughs> scoop, get a teaspoon, scoop that right off the top. You know, Chad won't notice. You know? <laughs> I'm cooking it anyway. I want to know how often that actually does happen. Yeah, I know exactly. Kitchens, I'm like, I'm baking it. We're, we're, we're safe. That's right. No big deal. So right away, I mean, I have Nixon cuts like <laughs> So you realize how really bad you oh are at knives. Oh my gosh, like a good sharp knife is a is a scary thing, especially if you're prone to preoccupation and distraction like ADD boy over mm-hmm. here. Yeah. So so in a very distracted, preoccupied moment, <laughs> I w- was putting dishes into the dishwasher. Mm. And uh, no, I'm sorry, I was taking the clean ones out. And I Saw the knife was down, and then something shiny happened over <laughs> to my right. Mm-hmm. So I looked away over there, probably of something on TV. Yeah. But I knew where the bowl was, so I was putting my hand to go reach the bowl, looked away, and then I felt this feeling I've never felt before. This warm hug? It was kind of like, <laughs> yeah, warm and squishy, <laughs> and it took like one or two full beats for my mm-hmm. brain to catch up, like... Mm. Something has gone deep into your hand. And oh I looked God. down. You impaled yourself again? And I put my, Chad, put the <laughs> knives straight up. Okay, oh. you can't do that. I didn't put them no, straight down. Do I got distracted. Is your hand and, even real then? Yeah. <laughs> Is that still your hand? I know, it's still my hand. And, and so I come down and... I mean, it's like a good yeah. half inch. And I got so lucky because, look, it's right on the knuckle. I missed the nerves, everything. Yeah. But it was so perfectly sharp that I didn't actually feel it go in. It was right. just this weird, squishy feeling. And my mm-hmm. as my head was turned, I was like, oh, that's not good. And I looked down, <laughs> yeah. and I just slide my hand back off oh. of the knife. I and apologize. I look, and uh, I've got this, like, gaping, <laughs> like, wound on my hand. <laughs> okay, we're going to name this podcast <laughs> Tucker <laughs> Factor Zulu. Yes. Because <laughs> everybody's going, oh, God. That's awful. That's terrible. So I um, did like any nurse farm person. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got super glue out and super glued it closed. Right. It works great. Perfect. Yeah, yeah it does. I was great. Nope, I've and been, I had to do it. it was a, an actually sharp yeah. knife so uh-huh. that you didn't like. <laughs> it doesn't right, your ragged edges. Your just put yeah. it right over the top. And yep. then 
that super glue started to kind of come off in the shower. So I took it off. It was still, it should have had mm. stitches. So it was kind of gaping. And then there's this stuff at the at tractor supply that you use for animals. It's called new skin. You got it for people too. Yeah. I used it for me. You can use it. Yeah. I'm a you mammal. I, I, I used to have skin. it for people, but I yes. have new skin. I just said I love new I skin. I love new skin. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> that might be the name of this episode. I'm not sure. But it, yeah. yeah. And yeah. new skin is the best thing mm-hmm. ever because once it went on, Every time, it like, burns at first. It, oh, but yes. it's a good burn, and it's like you know, like, it's just like it's, oh, you know, okay. it's like killing bacteria. It's yeah. healing stuff. Yeah, and it looks yeah. like new skin. Yeah, it's awesome. And so you just cover it on top. So oh. every couple of days, when I'm in the shower, I peel off, dry it, and then I put another layer of new skin right on there. <laughs> and so I have this beautiful little crescent scar. And if you remember, for Survivor, yeah. I was the guy yeah. who got his hand peed on. Yeah, because I put my hand on a whole like herd of. Of urchins <laughs> hanging out on a rock. Yeah, he he wanted to pick up a porcupine. Yeah. <laughs> the sea porcupine. Yeah, I'm yeah. like the guy who would go camping. Like, oh, that porcupine's so cute. Let me give it a hug. That's it. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yes. we're caught up then. Yes. Okay. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. I, I've been following along, you guys. Um. And if if people aren't aware, I know most people are aware though that you have a few goats, and um, your goat rancher, Chad. Yes. Is amazing. Yes. Watching him because the goat, the whole herd, it's like 250 goats. Yeah, right, right about. Right Give or take a few. They follow him everywhere. Uh-huh. Like the Pied Piper. Yeah. It's the neatest thing. Yeah. It really is. That's so cool. It's really cool. And, you know, his transition into being the goat whisperer <laughs> took years. Yeah. And so what happens when we first got goats in 2008 um, that was kind of a, a John surprise, you know, like five minutes before the first two goats showed up. It was guess, like, don't be mad. Guess and, what I bought? Yeah. It's, no, it's always, you know, I'm in trouble because I always start off with, don't be mad. <laughs> then he's like waiting for my Lucy moment to yeah. like, okay, what's coming out of your mouth exactly. next? Like, Great. what have you got us involved with or what's coming to live with us? Like, what the heck's going See, on? It wasn't even 2020 because right now yeah. everybody's been ordering so much shit, you know, in 2020. Yeah, don't like, be mad. Some, somebody said the other day, I wouldn't be surprised if a llama showed up in my because oh. I don't even know what's coming next. Yeah. I have no idea. And I literally have a whiteboard where I write down <laughs> the stuff that I ordered so I know what's still coming so I don't have to search my email confirmation right, right thing. You're like, I think I ordered that. I know sure. I ordered from them. Where is that? Why is that not here yet? Or I get something and it's not on my board. Yes. <gasps> Ooh, forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if I probably could have figured out if Amazon could have delivered them, we probably found a way to do that back in 2008. Perfect. So we got our first two goats. And and then, so for many years after that, um, they were kind of like my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want to say probably about five years ago or so, um, we just had this kind of transition to the farm where we were getting the tiny houses and just kind of turning the farm into... Um, Disneyland. Like, yeah, just kind of invite <laughs> the it's public like, to have yeah. a little, you know, it's, you know, it's a 40 acre farm and, yeah. um, and, you know, as you can see what's happening, you know, around, especially, you know, mm-hmm. West Omaha. I mean, everything is bought up now. All the land oh, is 204th yeah. is about to come mm-hmm. like the new Dodge Street. I it's mean, crazy. all the land has been bought. They're just yeah. building stuff, tearing stuff down. So as, as the city kind of starts encroaching, mm-hmm. our little 40 acres is going to, you know, be this little oasis of, of land. Yeah. You know? and you, there's speaking of which there's a, a place on, I think it's 132nd, maybe 132nd and Pacific. Let's see, 132nd, 132nd and Pacific. I think it is. It might be 144th, huh. but there's a farm there, like on the Southwest corner mm-hmm. that's surrounded by trees. Right. 
And it's still there. I don't know if anybody lives there or not. And I keep forgetting to look it up online because I want to find, I'm, I'm just curious why it's still there, mm-hmm. how it's survived. Because I live near Boys Town. Mm-hmm. And so um, 144th and Dodge to me is both amazing and incredibly sad. Um, because right. I miss the huge old barn that mm-hmm. was there on um, Boys Town where the, the kids kept their animals. Yeah, the blue silo still and, hanging out there. Oh, my God. And there's one barn they still have out there. And I don't know what it's being. It must be used for something. But mm-hmm. And all around it, you know, all the streets are put in. So many buildings are going up. My view has changed considerably, um, I, literally, from my house. And it's just, it's both progress, but it's also, it's mm-hmm. sad because that huge area Mm-hmm. was just wide open. Yeah. And now it's it's all going to be an amazing development. Yep. It's going to bring a lot of people to town and a lot of new jobs. Sure. But it is really sad when you see that. And so there was a farm also up on 132nd Fort. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, up in there, I think there's a gas station on the southeast side, but it was the northeast side. It was a huge farm that was there too. Mm-hmm. I hadn't been by there for a long time. Mm-hmm. It is gone. Gone, yeah. I'm just... Yeah. It's just crazy, but the whole county is practically the city, right? Because the mm-hmm. city's pretty much annexed most of the county, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but everything is just growing so fast. And you think, how could that be? Omaha is just like an anomaly to me in right. so many ways, how fast it's grown and how it's continuing Well, to you always grow. wonder, like, who's moving into these houses? And Crazy. And the neighborhood, like around Boys Town, they're moving a company, Applied it's, it's Applied Parkway, and I think that has something to do with the name of the company that's mm-hmm. coming in, I believe. But anyway, there are people that are moving here from out of state mm. with this company. And so the area has been saturated with flyers and posts on next door, people that are looking for homes. Mm. Because as Sasha can attest to, because she's been in the house market for a while, there's a certain price range, and it's not narrow, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. where good luck finding a house. Right. Because they get snatched up so yeah, fast. Yeah, the inventory is so low. And then you, you can just imagine. I, I always feel like there could be a quirky like murder mystery based off of real estate agents in a market like ours where they're like super competitive and offing <laughs> each other you know, to, to get the inventory. Just a whole bunch of real estate mm. agents just, you know, disappearing and dropping right. dead. You know, like, oh, well, give me her list. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Take her list. I'll, I'll figure this out. Yeah. yeah it's seriously, cause there are so many, there's so many agents in this town. Well, crazy. that's the way it's like but, you know, happening. So 204th and Q, mm-hmm. you know, all of oh, that, yeah. it's all been bought up. And I mean, every week we go by, it's being carved up and they're, yeah. and it's all mixed use and, and all of that. And and I love that transition from when you'd hit 204th and Q and as I drive home, yeah. you know, I go from the city and then I really disappear into the country. And now it's going to be like until I get to 245th Seriously. because otherwise it's all pretty much been south developed. Of, south of Q. Is another thing, too. When you went yeah. south of Q, all those farms and ranches that mm-hmm. were along those uh, horse properties, mm-hmm. a lot of them that are along there, and a lot, and now they're in disrepair because obviously they've been sold to developers. Right. And so they're waiting to develop them, and I'm just like, oh, this is so sad. And there's so many houses that are gone th- along that drive that yeah. was once just open pasture. I can't believe the number of homes out there. Oh, it's it's just crazy. I mean, it's just and crazy, all the, the development. Yeah. So our farm, you know, it's kind of sits yeah. in a really... You know, we've got a big bluff on the east side, so there's just not going to be any development. Mm. And then mm. now with the Lost Rail Golf Course, that's gonna that's going up like about a mile, a mile and a half from our house as the you know as yeah. the crow flies. Nice. 
we got this really cool little area. And so, you know, this last year we finally, you know, started doing outdoor farmers markets, socially distancing, yeah. you know, with masks, um, you know, everybody's set up, you know, far enough apart from each other. And once we get out of, you know, COVID, mm-hmm. we just want to do more things. Um, we've got a third tiny house that we're, we're working on and, you know, we're really, we put a greenhouse this year and, I started doing a lot of I didn't canning. Even know you did a greenhouse. It's small. I mean, okay. it just it's kind of like my starter one to yeah. kind of. But holy cow, <laughs> just having a Wards? greenhouse. No, I'm kidding. What's that? Did you buy it from Wards? I'm like, I'm <laughs> yeah. just hearing the starter kit. You know, yeah. it's like the, that house I lived in in Hastings. Mm-hmm. It was a starter home from Sears. Oh, there you go. That's what it was. Yeah. And they or you ordered it from Sears, and yeah, that's it was well, kind of cool. But I couldn't <laughs> believe how. First of all, it's it's just a little six foot. Yeah. Um. Um greenhouse and and I started doing container gardening also so where our dog kennels were because mm-hmm. you know we lost all three of our boxers in a very short period of time and so where their area was it was fenced and you know the kennel we took the dog house out I put right. my greenhouse in there it had a nice cement pad and then I did a bunch of container gardening and and I'd just been kind of playing around holy cow between starting early in the greenhouse and mm-hmm. with containers I ended up with peppers and tomatoes like two months ahead of when I would have gotten them. Then I got the stuff into the garden, which kind of dovetails. And then I got to go back to the greenhouse after it got cold. So I was just in my little greenhouse uh, a couple (laughs) days ago, and one of my little lettuce seeds from, I've been doing greens in there, what had must have fallen onto the ground. But the greenhouse is so, it's creating such a warm environment. I walked in, there was a full-on head of lettuce in the crack of the cement (laughs) that had grown inside the greenhouse. That's the only thing that I can get to grow in my backyard is is crap that's not supposed to be growing in the cracks of my patio. (laughs) Because I plant something and take care of it, Right, dead. (laughs) Throw it in a crack in your driveway, boom, it's good. (laughs) I don't understand. No, but it's been really a lot of fun just, you know, and so I started doing a lot of canning and we've been growing a lot of elderberry. Was canning hard? No, because I've do? been doing it for a long oh, time. Been doing just it for a while. off well, and you on. Had, because remember when you made the pear butter? Yes. For me, because I had a pear tree. Yes, years in my ago. Backyard, it, years ago. Yeah. Um, and you made the pear butter, which was really that's that's like when you first started doing it. That I was think, probably too. my first set of canning that I ever had, had ever done when I did mm-hmm. the pear butter. <laughs> and I remember I had uh, gotten a jar of it over to Pat, mm-hmm. and I had dropped it off. And by the time I got home, he had called me and said, can I have a new jar? We just got spoons out and we just demolished it with no bread. We just ate it straight out of the jar. I'm like, no, you've had your allotted pear butter. (laughs) (laughs) You get one every two years. Oh, my God. Otherwise, I will have none left. Oh, right. Oh, my God. Okay, you did the elderberries. Yeah, so we've been, um, we had some just natural elderberries that naturalized. And so we've been fermenting it and doing the elderberry. Um, we don't go wine. It's just a fermented elderberry juice. You just do like a shot of it. But then I took some <laughs> of that. i jail juice. I'm just going to say <laughs> yeah. it sounds like that's what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just a little bit. Maybe it's a little moonshiny. Okay. I'm not sure. That's okay. But um, no, I've been doing that and then um, taking, cooking that down, straining mm-hmm. it, and then saving the juice. And then I have a, a a, a peach preserve elderberry jam mm. that I do mm-hmm. that I use white peaches. So it has this really pretty kind of lavender light purple Crazy. color. And then my big thing I did this summer, um, which is, uh, it's going to be a staple on the farm. It's mm. uh, Willow Valley farm, seven pepper chili peach jam. Mm. So I take seven peppers mm-hmm. and they'll, and I'll, you'll always be guaranteed. There'll be seven different types. So it could be habanero, jalapeno, poblano 
a shishito, right. bell pepper, longhorns. I probably I probably grew ten different kinds of peppers. So I take seven and then do that whole thing, mm, and then yeah. I get peaches. And yeah. especially when the Colorado peaches came yeah. in, oh my no, the gosh, hot and sweet, the hot and sweet is the key, oh, mm-hmm. without a doubt. That flew off. Like I yeah. mean, and but once we. Did that? Well, I was like, "That's I my signature jam. jam, right?" I love oh. spicy jam. There's, um, there's I should have a- brought some so we could have tasted it, right? I figured you'd bring us something. Yeah, um, but do you have a <laughs> spare bedroom in which I can live? <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you need someone to pick your peppers? Uh, right. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, the peppers well, were so good this year. I think because it was hot and dry, mm-hmm. so and the peppers did really, really good. Have you this made year. any salsa? Yeah, I've, oh, I've, okay. done, I've done all of it. Have you seen like in, there was, and I can't remember the brand right this minute, but there's a local guy who was at Hy-Vee one day, and this is like two years ago, and he was stocking the shelves with his own salsa, and he he got store, like he was he was given some shelf space. Shelf space, right. In the refrigerated area and in Hy-Vee, and was putting it out there, and I, it's a red and yellow container, cannot remember, but they have mango, pineapple, and then there's black bean, and then there's hot, and I can't remember the name of it. Hilarious is this the names. one out of Papillion that has the white label? It's not the jars. These are in okay. square plastic containers. Oh, okay. But yeah, um, that one, I've, I've tried those too. It's yeah, really it's really good. good. I love their corn salsa. Pineapple salsa is like my, I yeah. mean, seriously. Love I did that. a bunch of peach salsas. But I, I love, that would be awesome. The mango was really good that yeah. this guy was making. Um, what was so he almost one? did it like pico de gallo kind of thing His with pico. like super, it was super more fresh. Of a, it was more of or a Or chunky. Mm-hmm. And I love that really good pico, especially mm-hmm. Fernando's. Yes, has the pico, mm-hmm. and it's like a hundred dollars for a bite, a pint of it, and I don't <laughs> no. care. I think it's seven dollars a pound or seven dollars something. I mean, it's I don't care. Yeah. It's just I'll eat, I'll spoon it and eat it. I mean, just <laughs> I mean, love that hot, mm-hmm. and it's just so fresh and so good. But yeah, the spicy, hot, I should say, spicy, um, sweet. And you're right mm-hmm. with the jams in particular. It's so good. Oh, there are some great I'm telling spreads. You. I'll I'll mm-hmm. I'll. See how much of my seven pepper chili jam I have left. Yes, and see I if I can see if I can spare right? one. So okay, so what else is the chili? Um, so have I, you ventured into the chili realm? Like, are you going to start competing no. at chili contests? No, no, <laughs> no, no. I uh, so uh, the other thing that um, I kind of played around with, and then because COVID got so hot and heavy in mm-hmm. November, we were going to um, do a a final last one. But I um, so. Leo, who owns Pasta Amore, he does these great videos mm. on Facebook, and he's really generous with like what he's making, and he kind of walks you through it. Doesn't give you you know specific you know the amount I've, of the ingredients. He just basically mm, says, no. "Here's everything I'm working with," and he just yeah. does his thing. I, I love when people do that, and and it's kind of you know, for any, no matter what your process is, to show everybody exactly how to do it. Yeah. Because some people want to try it to, to do it themselves. Sure. And then once they do, they realize it's much simpler to come buy it from you. Because <laughs> it's t- totally true. Right? Unless so, you're like like yeah. me. I And you like cooking doing for it, me right? is a place of solace. Yeah. It's I've been doing it since I was so little. My mom mm-hmm. was one of the original working mothers way back in the mm-hmm. day. By the time I was like eight or nine mm-hmm. years old, I, I remember my very first thing I ever made was out of the Betty Crocker cookbook, the red and white. I still have one of yep. those. Yep. And mm-hmm. trust me, I don't um, use it was the coffee often. cake. <laughs> yes. I, with my very first thing <laughs> oh I ever made God. on my own was the coffee cake. And every once in a while, mm-hmm. I'll go back as like an homage to my childhood to mm-hmm. go make the coffee. Now, of course, I like take that and then like shush it up and do all kinds of yeah. stuff. But my very first thing I ever made was the coffee cake. And that was when I got my first 
you know, kind of hit on <laughs> cooking because my mom, yeah. you know, we have this joke that my mom sat me down when I was five and said, honey, yeah. I'm not one of those cookie baking mothers. <laughs> and if you want cookies, mm-hmm. you're going to have to learn to bake them yourself. Bake them yourself. That's and it. so okay. by the time, I mean, I remember at one point I had like a little step stool because I was, you know, I was always mm-hmm. short, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and so in order to reach the counter, I had like a little mm-hmm. step stool that I would step on. And, and do stuff. And so by the oh time God. I was like 10 or 11, I was venturing. By the time I was 12, I was making dinner. That's I mean, awesome. I was like cooking. Right. And so now, you know, being a certain age, <laughs> um, it's so second nature. Yeah. And it's, you know, when you just play and you try and, you know, and fail, yeah. you know, you learn kind of from your mistakes. But, you know, I don't have any foodisms. You know, I, I say I'm a human garbage pail. So I will try everything there's a few things I just don't care for Mm -hmm. um but for the most part you know but I've been working with all kinds of spices and herbs and and you just kind of naturally that's the thing that I've I've learned more about than anything is seasoning seasoning Mm -hmm. it is and just and and then understanding more of this you know now I'm more into like this the science of some of the food and Mm -hmm. um and and different things like that so now when I go in I just I don't think about anything. I don't think about work. I don't think yeah. about pressure. I don't think about anything. I And Chad is the perfect muse because he enjoys food just as much as I do. <laughs> and and he'll give a lot of great feedback, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I rarely have repeats. Most everything is one, something one new. Only. But we have a few go-tos that... Um, like my naked pasta is yeah. something in which we just tweaked it. Now it's called bikini pasta um, <laughs> and bikini pasta is going to yeah. give naked pasta a run for its money. Mm-hmm. Um, usually it's the other way around. Care, but, care to elaborate on that at all? Uh, yeah. You know what? Um, and, and I'm trying to figure out how to use my Instagram to do some like farm like type yeah. stuff because I'd love, you know me, I love to share. I love to teach. I love to give people experience, yeah. the John Carroll experience, you That's know, also known as oversharing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, you're look, much- when you're an ADD Gemini, I mean, uh. you know, it's like, it just, well, see, we could probably help you with that too. Cause yeah. we're, we're doing yeah. more of that ourselves here and maybe we can help you out with that. Yeah, absolutely. With, uh, well, and yeah. one of my, um, neighbor friends, um, who's, um, She's really kind of exploring the kitchen. She's got a really wonderful kitchen, but she's kind of exploring like how to do all those things. And so I, I've like popped up. So she has a big enough kitchen. We can be on opposite ends sure. of the counter. And so I, I've helped her with a, you know a couple of different things. And she gave this line and you, I think you could totally appreciate it is. So I had to come home and I just, I was driving home. I was like, you know, I, I, it was hitting the fall. And I was like, man, you know, I'm just craving pumpkin pie. So I mean, before I'd even got out of my work clothes, I got home and within 15 minutes, a homemade pumpkin pie is in the oven. <laughs> I snap a picture of it. And between texts with her, I send the picture. And she's just like, you were just like talking to me. <laughs> you have a homemade pumpkin pie in your oven. Yeah. And she texts, she goes, time just works different for John. And right? I'm like, it's true though. Because to, to me, time, that's why I'm always late and why I've always had trouble. In, in, you're, you're always late in other people's worlds. Yes. It's so funny. We were just yeah. talking this morning with Rihanna about how people are on different timelines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's she she's in the Reiki and she's yeah. she'll say too, she's woo-woo. And yep. and that's okay. Some yep. things more woo-woo than others. Right. But she says people are on different timelines. Yeah. And it just works different for some people. You're able to get more stuff done, this person on their timeline, yep. than this person could ever get done on their right. timeline. And I realized when she said that, yeah. that was like my own personal epiphany mm-hmm. because 
all of a sudden I, it, I saw it, it's weird. Like it's a little woo woo, but all of a sudden I went, I, I it clicked and I went, mm-hmm. I realized for me and the, why I do struggle sometimes with why I'm so spontaneous mm-hmm. and adaptable is my timeline is one continuum. Mm-hmm. I don't think of like a day or a week. It's like, it's like one long string of stuff experiences <laughs> and doing. And yeah. I don't think about like, I have to do this today or this week. It's not segmented. I don't like mm-hmm. other people. I don't compartmentalize it. It's yeah. like if I wake up and if I can think it and mm-hmm. I can do it and I can squeeze it in, mm-hmm. I will. Mm-hmm. And that's completely different than most people. And not, and, and for some people, they'd probably be wise to listen because yeah. that's probably why they struggle with a calendar. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you, yep. you realize I'm constantly fighting mother nature and it's because you feel like you have to think like everybody else. Well, and then yeah. the other epiphany that I've had also is, you know, in, from the time I was in my twenties, I've been dealing with death and dying mm-hmm. in a very, very significant way, one way or another, mm-hmm. you know, in my early, in my twenties, mm-hmm. you know, I moved out to LA in 1990 and right away I was in LA and two days, three days later, I was working at the second largest HIV clinic, you know, mm-hmm. and I spent, you know, really the balance of the rest of the, from 90 to 97 in one way or another yeah. dealing with HIV and AIDS. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had our own epidemic, mm-hmm. our own pandemic, if you will. You were in the bubble. You were yeah. in the bubble. I, I mean, you were yeah, in. I mean, we were right like there, yeah. on the front lines and here I was, you know, I was, uh, uh, working in a clinic and, you know, dealing with people my own age and who we lost so many of them. Mm-hmm. I just recently just posted a picture. I had come across a photo Saw that. and it was three, three of us. I'm in the middle and it was just so startling because what we're dealing with right now with this particular mm-hmm. pandemic and it just brought me back and here I was in this couch and the person to my left and my right, just a few short months, both of them were gone. And when you looked at mm-hmm. that photo, you never would have thought mm-hmm. that they that had such a expiration date, you know, mm-hmm. and here I am now 55. And I looked at that picture of, you know, a 24, 25 year old me. Um, yeah. But in one way or another, throughout my en- entire life, mm-hmm. I have been, de- whether it was on HIV, AIDS, oncology, mm-hmm. and then my own personal mm-hmm. family starting in 12 with my dad and then my mom's diagnosis, my sister's diagnosis, finding out I have the gene mutation that also increases that risk. What I have found now is that as I look forward to in time and realize I have less in front of me than I do behind me, mm-hmm. that urgency to create and to do more mm-hmm. is even ramped up more than it's ever been, <laughs> you know? So all of a sudden I when, wanted to paint and all right. of a sudden I'm like, holy you're crap, painting. like I there's a painter inside this, yeah. this body and I want to try this and I want to try that. And, um, you know, and so I guess the lesson out of all of that is, you know, when tragedy hits you and all of that, Yes, you have to take that time to grieve and, and I'm still grieving my sister. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it like this summer was a huge, huge grieving summer for, for me oh, yeah. when it finally came home to roost. And, you know, if you listen to Fleetwood Mac's or Stevie Nicks's Gypsy, mm-hmm. um, that's my sister and me. Yeah. I mean, just that, all those yeah. lines. Um, yeah. And she came to visit me um, this summer and. And I was listening to that song and I heard those words for the first time. I've listened to that song so many times it can't begin to tell you. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it just hit me. That that's I've had that happen with songs. All of a yep. sudden you hear it. Oh. Yeah. Like, Wait a minute. That's not how I thought that meant. Now I see what it means. Yeah. Yeah. It just is like 
Yeah. Well, and that's 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 kind of like mind blowing when that happens oh, because it, it's something you're so familiar with. Yeah. And you see it. Completely oh, differently. and we, I just, I for hours, I just let it rip because mm-hmm. I've been holding it on. And you know, when you have the kind of background I have, where I have a lot of medical knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, I call it the gift, of, you know, the, the curse of knowledge. Mm-hmm. But really, it, it is a gift because you can be a conduit and you can you can be there, you know. Right. Um, an auxiliary for other people. And so what I have found at this stage in my life, when people are going through major medical things, I can be that safety net for Mm -hmm. them. I've had plenty of people who have very quietly or even directly have reached out and just said, Hey, can you go to this doctor's appointment with me? Or, you know, or I have volunteered to go do those things. Well, that's come from a lifetime of being, you know, around all of that. Yeah. But at the same time, it doesn't leave you a big space for your own grief because you have to be there for mm-hmm. other people, but you're also a vessel of having to do that. And so when Dave, my neighbor, mm-hmm. you know, um, when all that went down, I went through many steps with him. I've done it recently with somebody else who's just gotten a really, really tough, you know, diagnosis. Right. But that song opened up this door for me to just let it rip. And it felt so good (laughs) in the sense of, I didn't realize how much I was holding on and how much I missed her and like how, you know, how her and I went through things as children that my youngest sister didn't just because of age Mm -hmm. and, um, and some really, really tough stuff. And so we're not quite Irish twins, but we're pretty close. (laughs) And, um, and so because of, we were always, um, supporting each other and pushing each other because of tough circumstances mm-hmm. and making choices about not wanting to, you know, have generational issues keep right. going. And so we were always kind of partners in that in our in our lifetime. And we had tough times because mm-hmm. we're both Irish and, you know, both Because you are that close. We are that I mean, close. And yeah, we could absolutely. love hard and fight hard, yeah. but like in a second be like, hey, you know, da da da. Um and my youngest sister, you know, you know, I didn't have that same connection with. Sure. I have a different one with her, but not quite the quite the same. And so for us, um, you know, her, you know, being gone, I'd never really had really thought about what that would be like to lose a, a sibling mm-hmm. um, until, you know, she got sick, yeah. you know, and then being there with her when she got the stage four diagnosis and, you know, going, driving down to Kansas city, you know, to meet with the oncologist and do all of those things. And the whole time understanding what the medicine Mm -hmm. meant and also, but still trying to open doors of hope, you know, Mm -hmm. along the way. Um, and being a few steps ahead of where this was going, it was really, really hard. So that song, like when it opened that door and I felt her around me, like yeah. I felt her, like yeah. I, I don't care what anybody says, whether Doesn't you matter. want to call it the universe or God or whatever it was, all of a sudden there was a, like a temperature change. It was a feeling and I was planting, I was just doing some landscaping and, um, yeah. and I was doing landscaping when I knew she was down to her last week mm-hmm. and I called my brother-in-law to say, I just, yeah. I, I, I've had an whatever, a feeling, a message, whatever. I think she's got about a week and she had eight days um, from that phone call. And, and that same kind of feeling except for came around and it was just kind of a. Was it reaffirming? Was it, was it, it, you know, it told me that whatever is on the other side, it's an energy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that for sure. So I just felt whatever that energy was like all sudden, 
when it was there, I had felt it. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden I heard the lyrics mm-hmm. and, and I was hearing these words. And then I played the song for the rest of the afternoon, just over and yeah. over and over again. And just childhood, like all Everything. these different years, I lived in that entire afternoon yeah. with my sister at different good, bad, you know, indifferent. And I just spent, and I remember I came around the corner and Chad said, I have never seen you look so sad. And it was because I was told him, I said, I was sad and joyful, but I was sad because I accepted it. Yeah. Like there was always this piece of maybe it's not true, mm-hmm. like that denial piece. And mm-hmm. it was the acceptance and then just the release yeah. of understanding that I'll never see her again yeah. in this form. Like all moments that we've had together are over um, and that I do have memory. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the lines in there is she's just a memory, yeah. you know, and um, lightning yeah. strikes once, maybe twice, you know, and it just, the lines, you know, play that song yeah. and just think about, you know, somebody that you, that, that you love or somebody that you've lost mm-hmm. and you're going to see, it's like Sarah, this, that's the yeah. other song that can kind of evoke those kinds of emotions. Absolutely. But, but yeah. it was really just a, a, an, a beautiful goodbye. Um, but it took a year, you know, for it right. to happen. I think a lot of people avoid that just because they don't, you don't want to, to, to do that because it's yep. so final. It's like, well, if I, that means I gave up. That's, well, you know, it's like, <laughs> but yeah. then you realize once you do it, yeah. that it's the greatest gift you can give yourself well, because it, now you can accept the It's other the side. gift of tears yeah. because, yeah. you know, I'm one of those people that I don't dwell on the past. I want to grow. Like mm-hmm. if I'm too busy living in the past, I'm missing what's right in front of me. Mm-hmm. But I also am careful not to futurize and try not to tap into magical thinking and those kinds of things and really try to be as present as I can. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I can be hard on people even around me because there are times when you do have to pause on the negative and and deal with it. And mine yeah. is like, you know, I look at it real quick, you know, <laughs> I deal with it. I'm like, what am I supposed to learn here? Yeah. And then I'm, I, I want to move, move on. on because yeah. I don't want to be sucked into that dark space See, and I don't want to stay there. You right. know what I mean? And so my thing is, okay, let's figure mm-hmm. it out and let's keep moving. But sometimes you're supposed to stay there. It would be kind of interesting to have him on a podcast with Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because absolutely. she addresses a lot of this stuff, talking about why you're, what you were assigned to. Right. And what you, what you accepted for your life and what you need to learn and what you need to teach others. Yeah. And we were just talking about helicopter parents yesterday. And that they step in all the time to try to make things good for their kids. Mm-hmm. It, good intention. Right. It's like, but you're not letting your kids grow. You're mm-hmm. not letting right. them experience. Right. Experience. Yeah. And I, I think and that's you know, try People who try to save other people all the time. They're right. always stepping in, trying to scoop them up and save the day. And it's like, you just ruined the reason they're going through that process. Right. They need to go through that. And, and, and in some ways that sounds insane, but it also makes total sense. Mm-hmm. <gasps> right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't expect to get this deep. I know. I'm like, but goodness sakes. I don't know. We need something light to laugh <laughs> in this with. What can we, what's something light and funny? I went to Costco for the very first time ever about a week ago. I'd never been before. And I bought my membership on a, just, just like impulsively online and went and the only, my biggest takeaway at, at uh, Shopco was how big the damn carts are. Shopco. 
Costco. <laughs> God, Shopco is closed. It doesn't even listen. Like, talk I about like, throwback. I mean, like, Costco. Shopco was like, what, 10 years it, ago? They did sell their carts. Did you bring one home? Right. <laughs> and then you, you, you just jump right down to Pomida. I did. And then you went to Kmart. You know there was a great Pomida. Is there still a Pomida? Do they still exist? In small, think, maybe Plattsmouth. Like Plattsmouth has, has a Pomida. Oh, Michael David. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How about Woolworth? <laughs> that is- Don't you remember Venture? Piggly Wiggly. Venture was like know. Venture was Venture. like was like what Target? You know, I think Venture was like the future Target. Did not know about Venture. Yeah, Venture was. Um, I I know they had one in Kansas City, but for some reason I thought they had one in Omaha. But they had like a, a black and white diagonal uh, logo. I just remember that, and it was called Venture. Do not remember that. Yeah. But we didn't come to Omaha very often when I was a yeah. kid. It was kind of a big deal. So the first time I ever shoplifted is when I went to Venture when I was a kid. <laughs> What'd you get? <laughs> this is how it is. I'm, I am like the most ridiculous shoplifter ever. <laughs> I mean, this story, it's not like I have all. Yeah. I, I shoplifted two things when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing I shoplifted, so I shoplifted twice, got caught once. <laughs> So the thing I shoplifted that I got away with is um, I had loved animals. So I had all kinds of animals and stuff. So I needed more fish for my fish tank. So you know how they get the big plastic bag and they stick the fish in the water and then they put the tube in there and they blow it all up and tie the rubber bands around. And you got to imagine me, I'm probably in fourth, fifth grade. I must have walked to the venture. I think it was in fifth grade. I think this was in Kansas City. I think the venture might have been a Kansas City thing. And, um, so I don't know why I probably didn't have the money. I don't know why I was, uh, maybe just supposed to shoplift once right. in your life at the danger of it all. Is that adrenaline junkie? Maybe that yeah, was it. That's probably anyway, it was. so little old, like 60 pound me takes probably five pounds of fish and water and somehow like sticks it in, under my shirt. That's like mm-hmm. the worst thing to shoplift. That is, that I is- shoplifted a bag of fish out of venture. <laughs> <laughs> and the second thing I Did shoplifted. Did your parents ever, ever say, where'd you get these fish? No. I mean, I had so many animals. They didn't know where anything was coming from. I'd find them. And like, <laughs> just, okay. They were afraid okay. to go in my room. I had everything in there. Remember, I converted my closet into a chicken coop when I was 13. I mean, like Whole they were just. Story. They were okay. scared to death to go in that room. <laughs> so I, I could have had a monkey in there. They never and, would have known. Yeah. And, uh. Uh, so the second thing I ever shoplifted was to host this fruit pie and got caught and it was in my pants <laughs> <laughs> and they pulled me into this little security oh, no. room and, and I had to pull this like crumpled up fruit pie out of my underwear because I'd shoved it down into the front and it was like destroyed. It was mangled inside the wrapper <laughs> and I had to pull it out of my pants <laughs> And stick it on the counter. And I was banned from going. I can't even tell you what store it was. And I was banned <laughs> from ever shopping there oh again. Otherwise, God. they would call the police. Oh, and my. I Because I stole. Yeah. And I, back then, I think it was like a 39-cent fruit pie. Right. Right. You know. Oh, my God. And your parents? <laughs> no, but they, they, they never knew about either one. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I dodged the bullet twice. Because on so many levels, that's so wrong. That they took yeah. you in a room. Yeah. You had to take the, the oh, pie yeah. out of your pants. I took the pie out of my <laughs> pants. <laughs> and didn't call no. your parents. Nope. nope. That's crazy. Yeah, but just mortified. You know? Yeah. Oh, I For, bet. Oh, first of all, it was, what, what's that song, uh, Didn't Do It? or uh, Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it wasn't me. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Wasn't mm-hmm. me. 
I pulled the old, it wasn't me. Not my pants? <laughs> like, As yeah. in Lindsay Lohan? Yeah. Like, Not my pants? It comes up and like security <laughs> is like, uh, you stole that fruit pie. Uh, no, I didn't. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. I'm like, yes, we saw you on camera. You stuck it down the front of your pants. Oh and then God. basically is looking at my crotch yeah. and there's a fruit pie in there. <laughs> I'm like, you betcha there is. <laughs> you have no I idea. I have no idea. <laughs> On that note, that sounds like a good place to end the podcast. Okay, so you got to come back again soon. Yes. Okay, and we got to get your podcast up and going. Yes, for sure. Okay. I will. All right, so there you go. So another day, no Pat. Yes, no Pat. And we got one more day to make it. Yeah. Right this week. And going to have a really special guest on for the next one. And you're going to enjoy it. So awesome. thanks, guys. It's Pat and JT. Pat and JT Podcast. A Huda Media Production.